You are listening to the PHP Ugly Podcast. And despite what the title may lead you to believe, this is a podcast about the joys and challenges of being a professional PHP developer. Your hosts are three passionate developers who make a living coding and who live stream every week to discuss coding, projects, work, tech, and running a business. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Van Johnson, John Congdon, and Tom Rideout. You're listening to episode 239 of PHP Ugly, and I am your host, Eric. Welcome. If you're not familiar with who we are, we are three developers who just hook up every week. No, that, that sounds, that sounds <laughs> terrible. <laughs> that, that was going... In a completely that's that, that's incorrect that other, direction. <laughs> that's that other podcast you uh, pointed me to this week. Uh, we meet every week, talk PHP, tech, whatever kind of fancies uh, our interests at the time. Not really a learning group. Uh, you can ask us questions. We may give you answers. But by this time of the afternoon, we're all pretty toast. We're hoping maybe Tom's a little less toaster than normal. But- <laughs> With me tonight are my two co-hosts, John Congdon. Checkmate. And Tom Rideout. Uh, <laughs> Good job, Tom. Oh, I, can't, I can't. He literally I checkmated my brain. I, 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 I just <laughs> fell over. What is the? Because there's no response to checkmate. What am I supposed to say? <laughs> it it kind of sounds like last week's episode. No. You just flip, no. You just flip the table. You just flip the table. Just man. flip the table. That's all I do. Let's <laughs> just walk away. Call everybody cheaters. That's the way to do it. How are you feeling, Tom? You feeling a little better? You feeling a little more uh, chill? A little better. I, I tell you, the fintech stuff can be very, very, very complicated. Fintech you know? being financial technology? Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, John. Appreciate that. I was like, what the hell is a fintech? Fintech? What is that? <laughs> Yeah, it's it's going good. It's just I I wish I was I wish I was progressing faster with it. And some of the mm-hmm. some of the issues I'm having are just sort of headache inducing. But doing good this week, making uh, making Is progress. Is it still the still the same concern of feeling like you're not getting up to speed fast enough with the code base? Uh, that's constantly going to be my concern until it's, it's un- going to be. It's it's going to be for months. I <sighs> longer than that. Yeah. It's you know it's not my code base yet. When it's when I feel comfortable enough to call it my code base, then yeah, I'll be out of those woods. But but, uh, you, but you're not a single developer, so it's never going to be your code base. No, but I'm the lead develop. I'm the the senior software engineer, so it is mine to take ownership of and to understand everything about. Gotcha. So I, it may not be mine, as in I wrote it, but I'm going to be doing code reviews for almost every pull request, and it is going to be my code. At its core, so, so I mean, that's that's so, the that's the years, several years from now plan, right? So when you when you do code reviews, what's your current handling of code reviews? How do what do you guys do? Do you have more than one person look at code? Mm-hmm. Is what's your what's the process? Uh, we have a pull request that we go through piece by piece, comment on things that we think need to be addressed, and uh, but is there a specific flow you have, or is it? open free flow anyone can do it right now the way it's defined is do the code review how you're comfortable doing code reviews and okay I, g- I guess people. is there is there a yeah i'm a developer working for your company i open a pull request what's my role do i assign it to somebody is there it's auto assigned to the leads hmm. 
auto assigned. Interesting. Yeah. So we have some we have some default users who who get added to uh, the pull request. Gotcha. Is it multiple or a single person? Multiple. Do they all have to approve it, or just uh, a majority of them? Um, that's a procedure thing because I can actually merge it myself without even caring if people approved it. Um, but change that right away in GitHub. Not GitHub. Or whatever you're using. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but generally, yeah, it has to be approved by all code reviewers and then it passes we, on to QA. So I, I keep, I'm going to keep harping on it just cause I'm curious how I do things might be different when it picks reviewers and you said it's multiple, does it assign multiple reviewers or does it only assign one person? No, it assigns multiple. Okay. My, my preference that I, that I like is when a pull request is, when I ask a review of somebody, I can say, I want these two, three, four people to review code. Mm -hmm. But in my opinion, uh, it should only be assigned to a single person. Like this is the person that is in charge of it right now so that it's in somebody's court and they have to move it along. And uh, that used to be the way it was, but because I'm coming on board Mm -hmm. and don't understand the code completely yet, then I'm reviewing it as part of my getting up to speed process. And the previous person who was taking ownership of the code review is doing it to make sure things don't go bump because I missed them. Gotcha. That's an, it's not a bad way to do it. Well, I mean, we're bringing on a lot of people. That's the thing. That's where it gets like our system is not defined yet because we have four new people within this month. So growing quickly, huh? Yeah, nice. very very quickly. Uh, series A. So you, you haven't even <laughs> been there. You haven't even been there a month yet, and you're already not the lowest man on the totem pole. That's that's great. Good position. It's really <laughs> sets sets my mind at ease. The uh, the new guys, still, new guys come in are far me. more familiar with the code than I am. After all this time, it, it, the the whole startup mentality of startup funds series series A funding scares the hell out of me it's like yeah and i still don't understand losing money as a startup like i keep seeing it on shark tank and i've seen it in lots of other startups where it's just okay to lose money because you're trying to gain you're basically buying market share don't believe we are so yeah you're the company is profitable but still taking on investors the yes so the company the company proved growth and produced a sort of a beta product that they were able to get clients signed up to and turning profit on and then said okay now to dominate the market to be the best at what we're going to be then we need to start over again from scratch with the properly coded everything secure everything the best all the best people build a team up that's going to take this from an okay launch product to the number one solution in fintech for what we do. So they basically said, yeah, look, we can make money, see? And then got the investors up to say, hey, now to make a lot of money, we need to crank this up to 11. Well, good luck with that. I'm excited about it. I can't wait to hear how it turns out in the future. Well, hey, I'm also all in on cryptocurrency. So if this doesn't work out, <laughs> I'll still be filthy rich. That's, that's, that's what YouTube told me. Uh, uh, I have a friend who's a crypto, so you, crypto, well, not crypto. He's a Dogecoin nut. And well, I mean, he's gotten banned from Twitter and Facebook for like giving financial advice to random people. It's it's, yeah. ter- it's terrible. And he's one of those guys who thinks Dogecoin's going to make it to like $5, doesn't understand that 
the market cap grows by 14 million coins every day and that the inflation on the coin can't possibly support its value. And he's like, well, no, it's the memes though. It's the people that drive the value. I'm like, yeah, but once all those people are in it, no one's buying it. Then the value sinks to zero again, you know, cause you bought in it. Like I have, I have friends who bought in at four cents. It's, it's like, once you've sold your skincare plan to all your friends, that's it. Right. Nobody else to sell to. Got all your, you've got all the money you're nope, going to get. But now I have shampoo for you to buy. <laughs> yeah. Got all the shampoo I need. Well, well no. pomade and some gel. No. No. You know it's, what, Tom? What? Tom, you guys aren't the only ones hiring. I don't know if you know this, but John and I run a little uh, development studio, I like to call it. And uh, it's called Diego Dev. Been around for a while. Been around the block a couple times. Have a couple clients. We make a little coin here and there. We have a few employees. A little money, a couple dollars. couple, couple. Yeah. We pay them. We, we pay them what we say is a fair market value. Fuck those charts. <laughs> <laughs> for real, though, those charts are all way wrong. All of them. But for real, we are really hiring. I, I we we uh, John and I kind of put together the announcement after last week's show and we went ahead and tweeted it out. We actually tweeted it out before we even gave our internal people the heads up of, Hey, we're bringing, we're bringing people on. <laughs> we're looking for people. So uh, I felt a little bad about that, but uh, yeah, if you're interested, you, you've, I mean, you know who John and I are. If you listen to the show or watch the show, you <laughs> run, you, you run have, fast. You already have a good head start on a lot of people. You, you'll definitely want to mention that in your resume. Don't don't ever yeah. mention that in any resume ever. If you're a Patreon, <laughs> make sure to put that in the resume. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a new Patreon level, by the way. If you want to get hired quickly, employed, uh, <laughs> employ me. Ten thousand dollars a month. Mm. Well, we're not paying yeah. ten thousand a month. Just to be clear, <laughs> you got to pay us ten thousand a month. We, so, does that mean businesses businesses picking up from uh, the COVID stuff ending? You know, in general, uh, I think things are starting to turn a corner. Um, not so not so much for us yet. It hasn't really uh, uh, trink, uh, trickled down to us. But I was talking to one of our bigger clients, and they're they're seeing kind of kind of around the bin things getting better they're talking about onboarding more people as well so yeah i i, I i'm hopeful I, I i feel like things might be getting back to normal but uh yeah it's, it's it'll hit us eventually uh we we've yeah we've been running lean and mean for for a while we're still running lean and mean Mm-hmm. Uh, we just had an opportunity present itself where we could uh, bring on some fresh talent. So we will be doing that. Um, so yeah, if you're interested, I have no link to give you. I'll put I, the tweet. I put it. I put it in the show notes. I did it already. Fantastic. Oh, did you? Uh, let's move that over I, then. Where is it? Where, I did. Where's that at? Oh, it's, wow. it's oh, in. <laughs> so it'll I, it'll be in the show notes. Um, and, and if you want quick access to those show notes, join us in Discord. You can how, do that how at. Would they join us in Discord. You just head over to discord.phpugly.com. The no, conversation in there's always, yeah, the conversation in there's always so much fun. It's, it's like listening to the show seven days a week. It's awesome, except you know there are people in there that actually know what they're talking about. <laughs> uh, I, I probably ask more questions in there than I answer easily. Like it, very, I will, yeah. I, yeah, I, I I lurk and I'm waiting for answers. I'm like, oh yeah, I need that answer too. <laughs> <laughs> that really happened today. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I see some pretty cool stuff in uh, in Discord every once in a while, but it does it moves a little fast for me. It's some of my days now. I'm at my I don't end of my think day. it does. Our Discord right now is at the perfect rate for me. Like even if I miss like an entire day, it's not that hard to go back and catch up on the whole thing. There's not just a bunch of random just chatter happening in there. At least for me, yeah. like pretty much everything everybody's talking about, I have some interest in. Did, you know what I have interested were, in? They, they were voting on. What we should call our Patreons? I, I was going to bring that up. Yeah, I didn't see that. <laughs> so, so there, there, there's a little bit of a thread going of, of what we should be calling our Patreons. I had, so I had cool. called them the herd, and I had, yes, I have a channel in in Discord specifically for Patreons called the Herd. But I, I have to say, I like their names better. The, so somebody, somebody I, else brought this up, not us. Like. We need a we need yeah, a name yeah. for ourselves, <laughs> and it fits it fits actually perfectly. I can't believe I didn't think they're, of it. They, they, they're calling they're the, calling them good. PHP Uggos. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. But oh. then they took exact. but then they took it further. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. We need we need stickers, man. We need Uggo. I'm an I'm an Uggo. I'm a PHP <laughs> Uggo. Oh my god. Could you imagine having stickers? I'm a PHP Uggo. That there's our T-shirt right there, could you, buddy. Could you imagine sending that to patrons who were new and didn't understand that that was a thing? <laughs> I mean, there are Patreon for PHP Ugly. Do you think they'd be pretty dialed in at that point? I don't know. <laughs> PHP Uggos. I already have to. Go. I already have to explain it too much to people. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I find myself having like, especially on Twitch because on Twitch, if you follow somebody during the stream, like you've seen on ours, it yeah. pops up and says, "Hey, you got a new follower," and it's always like, "Oh, thank you, PHP ugly." I don't think it's that bad of a language. I'm not particularly a fan, but <laughs> oh, God. And then I'm in chat. <laughs> No, it's just our podcast. Uh. <laughs> There's a thing. We didn't think about it a long time ago. We were all very drunk. Dude, I like I, the Uggos, though. I think I think that's going to have to be a... I think we're gonna, that might be our t-shirt. So I need, to, I need to find out what's up with my artist buddy. I haven't heard from him in a while. There, there were well, a you know few who, more... I'm trying to find out where that's at. Go ahead. You, you've been trying to jump in there for a few. Yes, I have. You know who Go. I have heard from recently? Who? We bring today's podcast to you in cooperation with Cloudways, a managed cloud hosting platform built for your PHP projects. If you simply wish to focus on your business, Cloudways is the way to go. They take over server management and security and free up time that you can dedicate to growing your business and acquiring new clients. The platform offers a choice of infrastructure as a service partners, AWS, Google Cloud, DigitalOcean, Linode, and Vulture. In addition, you get a performance-optimized stack manage backups in a staging environment where you can test your code before pushing it to the live servers. Best of all, Composer and Git come pre-installed so you can get your projects up and running quickly. All this power, simplicity, and peace of mind falls right in line with their brand slogan, Moving Dreams Forward. If you want to give them a try, use promo code PHPUGLY to get a $25 credit. Check them out today. Cloudways. Thanks, Thank Cloudways. you, Cloudways. Thanks. Cloudways. We appreciate that. Um, so I found the other suggestions that were in there. I'm going to turn back to that real quick. Yeah. Stu came up with a core dump of PHP Uggos, a, bu- <laughs> a bug of PHP Uggos, or a crash of PHP Uggos. 
Okay, so we're all the way in the collective noun space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a group. It's perfect. Interesting. Well, uh, a crash, a crash is, is rhinos. What is a, a I mean, collective noun for elephants? Heard. I'm pretty sure. Flock? That works. While he's looking that up, I, I opened the show with Checkmate, and it's another proud dad moment. My six-year-old was joining just for the month of June, like four weeks. He's doing a little chess club with some friends. Uh, they're meeting at a park, and my four-year-old wanted to join, but it was only for first graders and above. He's, so my wife, for the last week, has been preparing them. You know, you're not going to be able to participate in this. You know, it's for first graders. You're going to play with your friends, but he's sitting there at the beginning of class, and you know, he doesn't, he hasn't been to school, so he doesn't have the whole raise your hand thing set yet. And I guess the the coach or whatever he is is asking questions of the people of the kids before they really get started. And my four-year-old just nailing answers, like just shouting them out. So at the end, Jackie, my wife is, you know, is it okay if he joins the class? And they're like, sure. <laughs> it was so much fun to, to listen to the things that they were listening to or learning. And, you know, my both my kids are way into it, which is so exciting for me. Yes, the nerd That's genes awesome. are strong with them. Well, I don't know. I wouldn't go that far. I don't know why they've taken a chess, but they have. I've tried showing them other nerdy type things, and they're not as into it. Have they watched Queen's Gambit? No. I hope not. Have you watched Queen's Gambit? You, why would you even ask <laughs> yeah, that? Yeah. Why don't you take these drugs, and maybe you'll see <laughs> chess pieces on the ceiling. Yeah. I'm not going to lie to them. <laughs> this is how you get better, kids. I wouldn't necessarily Jeez. it's how you get better. It's just, you know, performance enhancing. <laughs> it's not performance creating. That's a different yeah. class of drugs. Oh, God. We're going to get banned. I can feel it. <laughs> I can feel it happening. Probably. Eric, how about your week? So we listened to Tom already. I don't. Uh, we don't need any more of that. Uh, I don't know. I, I had a pretty boring week, actually. I've been working on forums. I, forums, building forums is like my absolute least favorite thing to do in coding. And I, I'm I'm kind of happy today because I think I'm close to done. And now I can start tying in all my live wire stuff to it, which is I, I, is really what I'm trying to push to. But I just, I hate forums. The forums are just like, but I'm did, like, I'm pretty sure I hire people to do that. And did I, you start I using custom requests them. after our last conversation about them? I, well, not yet, uh, but I think I'm going to. Um, so yeah, I probably, I'll probably use custom requests. Although when I was looking at it, I, I'm pretty sure form requests are still a thing. Uh, Tom, you mentioned that you thought custom requests might have replaced form requests, but I'm not 100% sure that's, that's correct. Somebody said that in, in Discord while we were recording. Oh, really? It, it yeah. might have been an employee of ours. I'm not going to say names, <laughs> but... No, they did. Yeah, I, 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 uh, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not sure why... Well, I guess a form request, technically, you could do more stuff. Like a form request would be specific for a for, for a particular form, so you would actually call that form request. So I guess they do have different different purposes, but yeah, I'm I'm looking at using the, uh, the custom requests. Uh, well, when you figure out the difference, I would I would love to know more, like the difference between yeah. a custom request and a form request. Yeah, but I I spent. I, I mentioned last week. I think up until the show, I had been in Vim uh, that entire week. 
And then I, I have found I have found a, a hive of other true believers, and I have some allies now. But I I gotta I'm not gonna say the words. All I'm gonna say is I I've still only been in them. It it hasn't been like an intentional thing. It's just that my workflow now. I have this great workflow. Uh, I I've done um like my little them community uh tmux is is another thing in the you know a lot of them people use and i was never big on tmux uh i've talked about this a couple times uh on a few shows now i i have i have recently come to light with tmux with john's suggestion of uh using my linux machine my linux desktop as my primary machine when i'm remote so I just SSH to it. So I, I've now, my, my workflow is I create TMUX sessions for all my clients that I'm working on. And I'll have multiple windows for different things, like different projects you know, that I'm working on. And it's just been so fantastic. Uh, I've learned that I used to think, like, this is how bad I was with TMUX because I never used it. I used to think to switch from one session to another session, I had to exit the session I was in and then uh, connect to another session. And that's turns out that's not true. Uh, what's even cooler is with, so I, the position I'm in, I will be in multiple code bases. I have a particular client where I work on their code base and then I am reviewing code or iterating on stuff in, in other code bases. And so I have my workflow set up where my TMUX sessions are saved even between reboots. So when I, when I, when I boot back up, I hit a, uh, hit my key combination to reinstate my TMUX session. So it even does like, I, I have, I think I have like four or five sessions now. Each one has four or five windows in it. And some of those windows have split panes and things like that. All that gets reinstated. I also have that same process with my Vim, which if you if you use PHP Storm, this is pretty typical. Like when you start PHP Storm back up on a project, like all the files you've already been working on are already in your little buffers, and you know whatever the last file you're working on just kind of pops up. Why well, have that now with all those Vim sessions? And it's just been uh, it's just so I have I I have a dual monitor, and I my my new workflow that I've been using this week, and I'm loving is my main monitor is just a terminal now and my browser and everything else will be over here to my left. And I just have a terminal open all day long and I'm bouncing around between different uh, code bases and, you know, different Vim sessions and TMUX sessions. Dude, it is just so awesome. So it's been a little bit of a struggle with this week's work with Livewire, because as I said, of them is it doesn't like livewire that much it, you know it, it doesn't make sense there, there are no language servers for livewire there's no plugins for livewire or anything like that so like i can't do jump to file or jump to definition or any of those other like normal commands i have in vim now uh or and it won't autocomplete things for me as well and it, it's frustrating but Again, because of that, I have become more knowledgeable of Livewire, of file structures, of you know, cause of where things are, and I'm just a better. I'm a better developer because I'm using <laughs> them. It, it, it is could. frustrating. I mean, it, it's absolutely frustrating. 
I want to, you know, I won't pretend it's not because I know I'm like, I know I had a problem today where, uh, uh, I, 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 uh, Livewire's, uh, syntax for when you want to include a component in a blade is Livewire colon, then the blade file. And I, I, I must've put a period in there. And of course it wasn't loading, but it wasn't complaining. Like it wasn't erroring out. Uh, it just says, Hey, I can't. I can't find this component you're looking for. And I, I hadn't formatted it correctly. So I'm like, I'm, I'm growing more and more frustrated because I'm like, I know I did everything correctly. I know everything's in the right spot. I'm looking at the code and I'm not seeing that I have a period and not a, a, a semicolon. And so I, I and, and like I said, what I would have done in PHP Storm is I would have just, you know, done a control click or, or jump to file, jump to file and make sure that it's able to, to jump the file. But I can't do that in Vim. And so I had to stand there and, and I just kept looking at it. And then, then you know, I just kind of said, okay, let me type it out again underneath and see if it looks the same. And then that's when I, you know, when I, because I have been typing it out now and I haven't letting PHP Storm auto complete it for me, you know, I type it out and I'm like, whoa, holy crap. That's a period. That's not a semicolon. And it. But how much know, time did you work. spend on that? Where your IDE would have just like told you about it? No, I mean it. It. It, it, it honestly didn't take a full half a day. I'm not saying it did. <laughs> it didn't. But I'm a better. Yeah, I. I, I should have. I should have been able to look look for that. So. Yeah, I I feel I feel better. I feel so much better about my coding. Like I said, this week is not a good example because I've just been doing forums all week. It's like a Tailwind's awesome. I I am, and again, we I got a Tailwind plugin, so I actually have autocomplete with Tailwind now, which is which is beautiful. But it's just like oh fucking forums. I hate forums. So it sounds like you need to write your LiveWire plugin and release it open source. Dude, I, I I I've already kind of pitched the idea because PHP Storm has uh, Laravel dot idea or Laravel idea, which is like the paid uh, Laravel plugin for PHP Storm. And I'm like, we need that. We need that for them. And I'm already looking at like how how to write plugins. Like I already have enough shit on my plate. I don't need this on my plate. But I'm like already looking in how how hard it is to write plugins because I'm like. I could do that. That's my dream. I I still say we need. I need to get f- become friends with somebody at JetBrains and convince them to write them plugins. It's like this is this will yeah. This is what everybody wants. You guys write them plugins or, or language servers for them that that mimic PHP Storm. You know, just because you know they're they're into developers and like them is not like something. It's not like if they did that. They would lose like half their market share. Yeah, you know, the people who use PHP Storm, a very small percentage of them use Vim. But you write a plugin for Vim from JetBrains, you you definitely build your fan base. I don't know. That's I still can't. I I don't know. I I want to see your workflow. I want to see your Tmux workflow. I want to see how you you're doing your Windows. Sure. I want to see your time because. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see your type card. No, like <laughs> my, I've only used Tmux in the. I need to keep this running even if I disconnect from the server. So I, it's mostly on remote machines that I've used Tmux. I haven't used it locally. I I don't use it enough, so I've forgotten all my key bindings on how to disconnect from a session. And so would love to see 
how you have your windows and panes set up. Yeah, I, sure. Anytime, man. Because I, I do all that stuff in PHP Storm where I'm setting up multiple windows or panes, constantly bouncing between them all. Mm-hmm. And, then, and I can do it in Vim as well, but it sounds like you have something different there with Tmux. Yeah, so so my, my monitor is big enough where I can comfortably have uh, a vertical split on Vim and then have uh, enough real estate to have a vertical split on Tmux, and then I typically have a horizontal split with that vertical split. So I usually have two terminal sessions to my right, and then my Vim session to the left, which will have between two or four uh, files open at the same time as I'm bouncing around. But it'll, so it'll I'll be, run. Good. So I'll, I'll run like a Tinker usually in, in one of the uh, terminal sessions, Tinker, or I, I've been doing a lot of, I've been trying to get better at the MySQL um, command line as well. So I'll have my little MyCLI open in one of the windows. And then the other one is just really for artisan commands or whatever else I need need to do. It would be interesting if you ever really get into TDD in, in writing tests where mm-hmm. that's one, one thing I love about Storm is within a specific test file or through the file explorer, I can run tests for a full directory and then easily click a button to say, anytime a, a save happens, rerun this, this single test, this file of tests, this directory of tests, my entire test suite, however I'm running it, it's just rerun every time something mm-hmm. saves. And yes, yeah, it's great. So I, I was looking, uh, you need to check out, uh, I, I don't know about the automated running. I'm pretty sure you can do that. Um, but obviously, I don't do a lot of testing, so I, I can't speak to it. But you need to check out Michael Dorinda's test workflow. Uh, he has his built out in Vim. And his is pretty slick. Uh, he d- he has this thing where when, when you know he runs the test or when the test runs, I don't know if he manually kicks it off or if he has it set up to automatically kick off or not. But it... It actually opens up a, and, and this is using a Vim plugin called uh, Vim UX. It'll open up a Tmux split, run the test. So he actually has his setup so that his test, I think he set his, his up so his tests run on the right hand side. And, you know, he'll just, whatever, make his change and then the test will, test will run and then make another change and the test will run again. It's, he's got a pretty cool little uh, test workflow with his setup. Nice. I, I have done it from the command line in the past where you can watch files and on on save run your tests. So I'm sure it's possible, but mm-hmm. it's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what, what, what the way to do it is, but I'm sure it's there. Gotcha. Gotcha. What about you, John? How's your week been? Uh busy. It's been a lot of call handling. I've been dealing with a lot of asterisk stuff. So one of our clients uses asterisk a ton. So I have familiarity with it. But another client now is doing some call processing, and I'm starting to learn PJ SIP, and that's just completely what different. Is, so now, what it's is like, that? So in asterisks, you know, you have your the old SIP protocol. PJ SIP is just an extension of it, and I still don't know enough about what the difference is, other than okay. configuration is much more difficult. But <laughs> perfect when you when you load just SIP in there, they're like. Oh, by the way, this is deprecated and going away in the future, so you should start looking at PJSIP. <laughs> it's like, all right, I guess I'm going to start there. Doesn't it say that anytime you load up any telephony stuff, though? Like, hey, did you know telephones are dying? <laughs> you, you would think. <laughs> so, have you seen a landline telephone in the last five years? 
No, but I hear them all the time on Zoom. But yeah, it, it's been a it's been a good week. It's been that uh, with the, the main client I work on doing a lot of inbound call stuff, so doing testing on that. So they're basically doing a whole pivot on pivots the wrong word. They're enhancing their product and just being able to delve into some of those features and work through those challenges is fun. Uh, fixing a lot of the code base is always fun because it's so old. So making some fantastic changes. Oh, a PR I opened, I don't know, a couple okay. months ago I now. was 100% going to ask about this because you have on your Trello board, fun story, 10 Oh, no, no, no. This is... Nope, this that, isn't it. That's we'll, different. we'll get to that. That's actually that's different. different. Yeah. Oh, that's God. different. Different. <laughs> it just felt like the old John was back again. No, no it's sort of <laughs> this. This piece. No, that actually, I have nothing to do with that. It's just a fun story. I opened this PR, like I said, probably two months ago. I should go look it up, but it's been sitting there. So I finally reached out. I'm like, why is this still sitting? Is there is there a reason it hasn't been merged yet? And I completely understand. It's scary. And the, the code base has a legacy thing around data objects. I think I've talked about it before, which was originally written for PHP 4. I've hacked it together where it works in PHP 7 fine. On top of that, the, the whole company is transitioning to Doctrine, but it's not an overnight thing because the data objects are so abused and just tightly, uh, what's tightly coupled to the code base. So you can't just replace it, right? So the shift is moving towards Doctrine, which is great. The problem was Doctrine uses PDO. This data objects was using originally MySQL. MySQL, And when we upgraded to PHP 7, I upgraded it to MySQLi. Like I got that working. Fast forward to recently, you realize that's two different connections. You have a MySQLi connection and a PDO connection, which is two separate connections to the database, which in general isn't a big deal until you try to do transactions, where if you start a transaction in one, you don't, you're not in that transaction in the other, Oh, if that makes sense. Yes. On top of that, you're doubling your connection. So we've, we went through, I think, February and March, where there was just a shit ton of downtime because of database issues. And a lot of that was around the number of connections. So at that point, I'm like, I need to figure out how to reduce the number of connections and this is how I'm going to do it. So I bastardized the old data objects to use PDO. So now you can share the connection between the legacy crap and doctrine. Took okay. a lot of work, but it's scary. I mean, it's a huge change where if you haven't really thought it, you haven't tested everything, you know, you bring down the entire company. Super scary. That's why it hasn't been released. Long story short, released it Tuesday night into the smaller environments. Everything seemed to work, so they released it yesterday. Looking at the graphs today where the number of connections is literally cut in half is phenomenal. It's so much fun to watch those things. And with that, you get that little bit of uh, speed increase because you're not making two connections to a database. So the response time has in- has went in a positive direction, gotten a little bit faster. Well, and you're using you know PDO, which is much faster. Yeah. On top of that, we get... Now the benefit of the transactions across both systems, uh, we will now be able to use proper uh, prepared statements or prepared queries. So lots of benefits. Modern and frameworks. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll get no, there. Like no floating security vulnerabilities. There's nothing. Yeah. There's Whatever. no security vulnerabilities in MySQL. What are you talking about? I need to know about this 10-year-old ticket. There, there's really not a lot to tell there. It was just a fun story. We're, 
we had our Diego Dev call Tuesday. Uh, normally, we're talking about tickets in what the ten thousands range, right, Eric? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and for some reason, one of our developers had a ticket ticket number one fifty, and Eric and I both thought it was a typo or something Doesn't was seem wrong. Right. We went and looked at it. This ticket has been sitting around for ten years, and they're finally mm-hmm. like, "Oh, maybe we'll tackle this now." Actually, to the credit of the developer, I think the developer just started going back through old tickets and been like, oh, I think we can we can knock this out. This doesn't look too difficult. Which <laughs> is sad that it sat around for 10 years. It's always nice record, to watch we that. Were not, we were not their developers 10 years ago. <laughs> Merge it in with develop and watch the, the, the change log scroll in for an hour. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was fun. I am... Um, I, I I didn't mention you know I'm still doing my little C learning I'm you know I've been taking this this I've been following this little course for C programming not and, C as uh, in I pirates but C as in the language C as in the programming language so I could I could contribute to uh, or you know in theory at, at some point be able to contribute to the PHP internals core code base uh, but I had one of those moments where it was like um, uh, I don't know. Like, oh, so I, 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 I got, I'm getting more into the advanced stuff now. I, I, I kind of churn and burn through all the kind of arrays and strings, which aren't really strings and well, all this other stuff. Arrays, and, yeah. Linked lists. And, and, uh, well, so this is where this, this, this is where I'm getting to. I'm getting to the more advanced stuff and I got to, um, oh shit. Uh, pointers. Pointers is what, what they're called. <laughs> I was going to ask. Pointers. And I, it, it, it's one of those syntaxes where I, I've, like, whenever I try to look at uh, the uh, PHP core code base, I see it riddled all through the place. I'm like, that makes no sense to me. That makes no sense to me. And then I went through my little pointers tutorial. I'm like, holy shit, this is that syntax. This is this is what I see. And you know, I kind of went through the tutorial. So I like went back and looked at the code base. I'm like. Holy shit! No, no, I'm starting to understand this stuff now. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Wait, I know what to do. Like, I, I, I understand like some of the basic principles that are being implemented now. And it was just one of those moments where it's like, holy shit! I think I'm learning stuff. This feels weird. See, last time, last time I tried to learn C, I, I had a book and I, I had the the page on pointers, and I was like, I get this now. This is very cool and interesting. I'm learning it. I'd flip the next page, and they'd say, for example, here's how I would use a pointer. I go, nope, back to the back one page, <laughs> read it again, read it again. And I probably did that for two hours straight, just those two pages yeah. back and forth, and finally completely gave up on the language. And that was like 150 that, pages into this book. That's how I was on, um, on stru- I think it was structures. Or, uh, there Struts? was something I actually reached, uh, uh, no, it's, it's, I'm pretty sure it was structures. And I actually reached out to somebody in our Discord channel. Who said, "Hey, if you ever have a question about C, I'm pretty good with it. Let me know." And like, like an hour later, I'm I'm DMing him. I'm like, "All right, look, man, I'm totally lost with this thing." <laughs> and they explained it to me. Uh, who was that? I, I feel it, bad because they were very helpful. Isn't uh, isn't uh, Eno uh, Eno? Thank you, Eno. Yeah. Is a pointer the same thing as a reference in PHP? I thought they were. Uh, no, 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 they're not. Uh, a, so a, that, that that's actually where I'm getting to. I, I'm get, getting to my next uh, kind of section is function arguments by reference uh, and dynamic allocations are my two next big things. Um, 
Yeah, pointers are very specifically a place in memory. Right. And right, and then you have to dereference it to get the actual value in memory. Uh, you don't have to dereference it because it's not necessarily a value. It could be a function. It could be a, an image. It could be like anything, just memory. It, it could be something C doesn't understand. You just point at it and say, "This thing, do this to it." It's it's literally like, like it's really just flipping the bits. It's you're it's, scaring it's, me. It's awful. <laughs> it's no, it's it's awful. It, it wasn't that hard in, in the tutorial, man. Yeah, if you're very careful, it's not hard until you screw it up. Until you're well, until you're in the wrong spot in memory, and then you're like, that's when you start getting like buffer overflows and shit, right? Yeah. So yeah, that's the thing is that so. like you you have a variable that you've declared as a float. When you create the pointer to that, it allocates Frank. the space from the start to the end and says, here's your here's your pointer, but it doesn't keep the fact that this is a float. It just says, here's your pointer. <clears throat> so in PHP, you know, we know if something's a float, we can get the type of something. But in, in C, if it's a string or an array or whatever, you just have to make sure you called it correctly because it's going to read it like it's just a thing in memory. If, the, if you call a function that's meant for strings on an array, it's going to try because it doesn't have the ability to check if this is a valid array. It just starts at the pointer and starts moving through it the way it's told to move through it. So if you pass a string into an array function in C, then it's going to spit out garbage and it's not going to know that it's an error because it's just spitting out the mathematical result of what you've told it to do. So you have to keep track of all that shit. And I'd love to see you do that with Vim. (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's how they did it back in the day, buddy. Sure is. Have you seen those guys? management, yep. So that's the thing is that so if you if you have like we an int, have a C person with Diego Dev, we got Frank in Discord just rambling on about all his C knowledge. Yeah. So if you have I an have integer, inter, an integer, and don't forget that this depends on what it's compiled on because an integer on an uh, x86 processor is 32 or 64 bits, but on an ARM mm-hmm. processor, an integer is not the same. It could be eight bits. So once you assign that memory space, you start using it, and it gets over the limit. It'll just start writing into the next memory space. That sounds like fun. So I'm getting there. I'm not. I'm not to that level yet. I'm. I'm getting the basic understanding. So, but yeah, I got. I got a. I got a recursion coming up. Link lists, binary trees, unions, all sorts of fun things. And then next week. Next week, I tweeted about this actually. Uh, John, I know you know who uh, Mark Robber is. Uh, mm-hmm. Tom, do you know who Mark Robber is? Mark Rober, former is J- Rober? former yeah, former JPL Rober. engineer, now a YouTuber with NASA. Uh, yeah, and and have serious dislike for squirrels. <laughs> oh, he loves squirrels. He's, he he's actually the guy yeah, who knows. who created the glitter bomb. Yes, if if you're familiar with the glitter bomb. Anyways, I'm starting his. Uh, creative engineering course next week. He has a online creative engineering course. I was wondering about that. He's been plugging that a lot lately, and I was wondering if it's any good. I've been looking at it for months. Like I keep wanting to do it, and I haven't pulled the trigger to do so yet. I got a a referral code you can click on and do it, baby. (laughs) (laughs) When is it? It starts next week? It starts on Monday. Uh, You you do need some, some hardware. I don't think you need the hardware for when it starts, but I had to get a 
Audrino Audrino kit. So you know I'm a pie guy, but uh, they they have uh, for I guess for the course they're going to do some Audrino work. So oh, that'll be no fun. Audrino kit. Yeah, you know you know, your you know your Python. Yeah, I'm I'm not great at it, but you know I know it works in Vim, so I'm good. <laughs> You know what the uh, I got the I, I got the Arduino knockoff. I don't know I don't know actually what it's called. It's not a genuine Arduino. Uh, uh, is that the picture you you tweeted out today? Yeah, I thought you got that yeah. as part of the course. No, no, no. You you had to buy. I, I had to buy it on Amazon, and I, I kind of waited too late, so I couldn't get the first thing. This thing is about a third of of the the real, and and they said you can you, you can use either kit. They tell you they tell you either kid's fine but of course i wanted the 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 you know genuine name, stuff but name brand i yeah well, but it i i wouldn't have been here in time it's so. not really it's not really name brand because it's it's the same chipset isn't it it's just the esp yeah yeah so yeah, it's not it's, there's not really a name brand it's just a development kit yeah, no, you gotta buy. You gotta buy that separate. So, and they tell you. I mean, they're like, "Hey, yeah, you're gonna want to have some PVC around. You're gonna want to have some wood, some power tools." I'm like, "Oh, oh yeah, I like where this is going." That's so weird. Just increase the price if you're gonna make people buy stuff. Just increase the price and, and send it out. Yeah, yeah, that would that would have. I, I don't know because. I don't know if you, people would sign up. Like, if the course was like five hundred dollars, I don't know if they'd sign up for it. But saying but it's, it's five hundred dollars anyway, yeah, if you're paying for the course and have to buy that, you don't know. They could have that stuff laying around. Maybe, maybe they had it. Maybe their work has it. You don't, you don't know. Offer the off the option. Like, here's the course without yeah. the crap you're gonna need. That, if there you, you have go. It that, already. That's good. Yeah. But here, I'll supply. I'll send you out everything you need if you pay the increased price. Yeah. There's a. I'm trying to I'm trying to remember her name. Um, uh, she's 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 in Australia. She does a podcast with J Mac. Oh, what's that podcast called? Um, oh, what's her name? Jess Jess Jessica. I don't know what her name is, but uh, she she did the course uh, last the the first course, and she's actually on the promo of the second course. Her, her little invention was uh, when you walk past this flower, when it detects somebody's walking past it and the soil level is too dry, this, the flower will ask for water. And it's like, oh, that is so damn cool, man. <laughs> I want to do that. And I saw that. I'm like, that is awesome. And then it turned out it was somebody I knew made it. I'm like, holy crap, really? <laughs> Pretty cool. So, have you thought about what you're going to create? I have no this? idea. I'm, I'm, I'm actually terrified right now of, of, of even coming up with an idea. Like, I just, I have no idea, no idea at so, all. So, so in the the whole class, like, how long is it every day? Well, how uh, how well, long is it to begin with, and how many hours a day? Like, is it live or is it at your own pace? No, no I'm pretty sure you you take it at, at your own pace. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure you take it at, at, at your own pace. But there, it, you know, I don't know now because it actually says it starts on Monday. So I don't know if that's when the videos start to come out, or and you do have like like it, it, like you have you're, you're expected to participate in peer groups and things like that. And I'm like, wow, this is sounding like you know, I don't want to like. Have <laughs> You're gonna be part of a group. People, <laughs> you're, you're gonna be that member of the group where everyone else does the work, and you just take credit for it. Absolutely, that, 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 I will, that was me I'll in college. The hell out of it, <laughs> Vern. I'm sorry if you're listening in some weird way. I don't know how you would be. It's horrible. You remember his name, man. 
Well, you know what it's time for. Is it time for another sponsor drop? Yet another amazing sponsor, Honey The most amazing. When you're in production, a thousand things can go wrong. You could deploy a bug in your latest release. Your background jobs can silently fail. Someone could trip over the network cable at your data center. And this all comes back to you. You need to know when bad things happen and be able to respond to them quickly. That's why we built HoneyBadger. It's easy to install HoneyBadger in your back-end applications and front-end JavaScript. It only takes a few minutes of configuration and you'll have monitoring done. That's because we hook into popular web frameworks, job systems, and the browser so that when any of them crash, we can automatically let you know. We ping your application from our global fleet of servers to let you know about problems with connectivity, latency, and SSL certificates. And we monitor your recurring jobs to see if any of them stop recurring. When there's a problem, we alert your team using the tools you already use. We can create issues in GitHub, Jira, and other issue trackers, and send notifications via Slack, PagerDuty, or other channels. When you click through, you'll be taken to detailed information on the error. You'll see things like request parameters, headers, user information, and the backtrace. Click on any line of the backtrace to view it in GitHub, Bitbucket, or your local editor. When you fix a problem, just mark it resolved and follow up with the affected user. That's HoneyBadger, where the monitoring tool for web developers who'd rather be, well, developing. Oh, I've got doom and gloom for you. What's doom and gloom? Amazon devices will soon automatically share your internet with neighbors. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, this is an opt. They make, they make this sound so so terrifying. You know, Cox does that already. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's you're stupid. A Cox person. Yeah. Except that. So now, now you're going to have your your Cox router sharing your internet. Your your Alexa sharing your internet. It's just well, that's only if you that's now. only if you buy the the hardware from Cox. If you get your own router and modem, then you don't have to worry about that. But it's. It's right. an opt-out only service. You're automatically opted into this. Uh, I checked and I was opted into this. And the thing with Cox's service is that when they share your internet, you're not billed for the data that's used. Cox knows the difference between your data and your neighbor's data, and it doesn't add to it at all. Uh, Xfinity does this too. I, I don't like that either. But then just turning this feature on suddenly on users who've had this device for who knows how many years is very weird to me. Um, and the idea that like you've got a, an Amazon Alexa that's moving around a lot and needs to like share other people's internet access. I don't quite understand. Like it's for me, all of my Amazon devices are very stationary and dusty because you don't even have to touch them to interact with them. You just talk at it. Mm -hmm. Right. So how did you find out you were enrolled in it? Uh, So the the trick here is opening up the Alexa app on your phone, hitting the more button and selecting settings, going to account settings, selecting Amazon sidewalk, and then turning it off. Um, I love love this opt out thing that they do now. Jesus drives me nuts. Well, you signed the terms of service that said they can change the terms of service at any time so well i mean you didn't sign and it I you hate, looked I at hate, it i hate smug fucking re- responses like that from other people too <laughs> well you signed up for it <laughs> who could you be talking about shut the fuck up uh it's we're not that other podcast that you told me about chill i think it's stupid i know that that was rough, wasn't it? It is a it, uh, it is a, a an attempt at mesh networking, so that there's like an Amazon mesh in residential areas. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know why. Again, this sort of seems like unnecessarily bad press for Amazon. 
for I don't know what benefit. I really don't. Um, possibly their e-reader stuff can connect, like their uh, Kindle devices can connect to the the internet no matter yeah. where you are. Yeah, I mean, that's the idea, is, is that, you know, the the more people who have internet, the more people that can use their service. So it's it's just that that kind of philosophy. But, yeah, I don't like eh, it. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, you have to opt out of that if you have any uh, Amazon Alexa devices, which is uh, awful. And I've got a ton of yeah. them. I'm not I, sure. I, I don't have any. I'm just trying to find where it's at in my settings here. <laughs> Um, there's other Amazon news though, too. You heard about Jeff, Mr. Bezos. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has announced he is retiring. You're sharing the Trello board, you know that? Yes. Okay. He, he has announced <laughs> that he is retiring, which seems like just the nick of time after that fourth or fifth billion dollars. I, I don't know. It's, we got to get the guillotines out, man. This is all terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I just hate it. I hate it so much. Uh, Surprised you didn't retire long ago. Yeah. Uh, and we're also still waiting on the big Epic versus Apple case on who who can set the rules in the App Store and can they be arbitrarily unfair. Um, there's been a lot of information lately about how Safari is intentionally bad so that people can't use uh, PWAs the web apps uh you can't just integrate your own thing because safari sucks so much on apple uh, which is it weirdly makes sense if you look at the development cycle of safari basically not existing wait say that again that confuses me so uh one of the ways around this app store thing is by creating a, a pwa which is an app that it's a it's a web-based a progressive app. progressive web web app okay right it, it adds it as a link in the in your dash or in your uh, screen somewhere. So it runs just like an app, but a lot of the functionality that you would need to actually be an application, process money, do certain things. Safari just doesn't support. Safari is just broken. So you can't really do a store type feature with your own application through a PWA. You have to use the Apple store. And Epic's argument in court was this is on purpose, that this not only not only are they locking down the store so that you can't make money through your own payment processor, but they're locking down Safari to suck so that you can't run your own store off of a PWA either. Hmm. So, and there, I mean, there's interesting things about the case. You know, one of the things about it, like Fortnite is the big complaint here. Uh, when you buy any coins on Fortnite, there's a 30% uh, cost added to the transaction by Apple. And Apple made it clear that you can't, in your app, even tell people that it's cheaper to buy them online and link them to your account. You can't tell people in your app that Apple is charging 30% more and that there's other sources you can go to that are cheaper. That's part of the terms of service for Apple Store, which is really, I mean the definition of anti-competitive. So it's not looking really, really good for Apple, but I think we we're going to have a, a ruling next week. So we'll see about that. And then Eric got very upset today, this week. Eric always gets upset. Uh, what did I get upset about this week? Well, you were upset that when you, when you in your time of need wanted the community to rally behind you, they didn't. But when Taylor wants a feature added to <laughs> PHP, they storm the castle. I'm not. I'm not sure how true that is. 
we we just can't have personal conversations anymore, can we? We just our whole our whole lives are public. Yep. This is, this he, see, he thinks this is the Howard Stern show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, auto capture closure looked like it wasn't doing well, and then uh, uh, Taylor went on to Twitter uh, to promote it and get everyone moving on it. Yeah. Um, but and, that wasn't up for a vote what, so, yet, was it? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was it, that was Nuno's, uh, who's a Laravel employee. That was his contribution, and they had started the vote on it. And then I guess the voting, which was weird, it was like the first day. Um, like you know, it got more votes than I got on my first day. It got more votes than I got like the whole election process. But uh, it, it it was it was a close race. I mean, it it was like the first or second day. I think it it was like a. Two or three. Now, I, it has to be an overwhelming majority, I believe, with uh, with the PHP internal voting. But um, but it was it, it was the race was kind of close. I thought, and it, it, I thought it was a little quick to react. But they decided to, to pull to stop the voting and to restructure the RFC a little bit and resubmit resubmit the uh, RFC. Well, but yeah, there, there's another RFC that is closely related to it: the short functions. And that one still has the vote going, so they're complementary. Mm-hmm. Meaning, you would think they'd both be accepted or both declined. And the short functions is currently at a no, fifteen to twelve. Ooh. Oh, really? That's and, that's at a no too. Huh? That's bad. Well, this was a, it was an interesting conversation in in our Discord channel. I want to be able to click on the people's vote, like the people that vote yes or no, and I'd love yeah. some sort of comment, like. Why did you vote no to help me they understand? Don't, they, they, don't, they don't necessarily do that, right? They have their conversation no, they, on internals. Right. That's what I mean. I either have to go to internals to try and find it, which I think this was Joe Ferguson that shared this in, in our Discord channel. And mm-hmm. he said he went looking for the reasons in internals and couldn't find it either. I would love when you vote yes or no, just to give a quick blurb as to why you were voting one way or the other. And I'd love to be able to click and have that understanding just so I could say, oh, that makes sense why you're saying no. Or is it no just because it adds cruft to the the code base and I don't want to see it? Like, mm-hmm. is there a technical reason or is it just a personal feeling reason? I would love to have just more insight into that. Well, because I, looking at the RFC, it looks like, why would you not accept it? Right. So, Eric, you're the internals oh, guy. What's the reason? So- so you 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 you're picking his side too, huh, John? I see I see I see where you you live. I'm, honestly, I just picked up internals again just today to try to get some content for the show. I I have not been reading internals for the last uh, week or two. I I I don't know the uh, the honest to goodness reason and don't well, care because I'm not releasing it. So what? I'm not better. Right. Not better. What? <laughs> I, no, I do believe, like like I said, I think Joe said he went looking. He couldn't find the reasons either. So I just, yeah. it's so so hard. Like if somebody said, hey, this, would be this, nice, this has a nice. negative performance impact, so I don't think we should add it. I want to see that. Yeah, it would be nice to see like a, like a pros, cons sort of summary. Like if you voted no and you gave the reason, that would be like, you know, go into some some sort of interface where you could go and say, okay, on this RFCs, you know, here were the, here were the pros responses. Here were the con responses. And- Actually, just before this, we started recording this, I downloaded one of the PHP repos thinking it was the wiki. Cause I wanted to see if mm-hmm. I could add that functionality, but it's using, if, if this is the code base for wiki.php.net, they're using 
DocuWiki and you need to do a whole bunch of hoop jumping to try and uh, contribute. So I don't think this is going to be something I contribute. Have you guys done? I want to. Yeah. Have you guys done automated documentation stuff through PHP Docbox? Uh, no. So uh, I, there's a thing called Scribe, which I've never used before, which generates API documentation based off of uh, certain rules in your code they have a laravel specific one as well like scribe laravel or scribe static and i've done yeah, it through swagger which became open api mm-hmm. postman even has a little interface where like if you put all your api endpoints in postman it'll generate docs for you as well right which i have done yeah, there's, there's a couple tools out there postman testing is real fun it's something I don't do uh, do enough, but yeah, you're right. It is pretty cool once you get it all set up. Yeah, I started using it's their fun. internal OAuth uh, implementation, which has been really nice. Like I can set at the top level part of my my collection, saying all of these are going to use OAuth, and then mm-hmm. it will help you do the OAuth dance to go get the code, get the code back, go get your your bearer token and then set that in your environment so that all the rest of your endpoints just work. Yeah. I mean, Postman still has its own conference, which I find really strange. Their software is so expensive. Yeah. It's that like one of the features that so fucking expensive. One of the features I wanted was that I could create a collection in my company that wasn't visible or was read only to the rest of the employees in the company. And they were like, yeah, that's an enterprise feature. So that's like a thousand bucks a month or something. It's their pricing yeah. is insane. I wish. Well, they they do offer a lot of features. I think I use one out of the twenty that they offer. Whatever it is, <laughs> I I should be using the other features they offer, but I don't, which makes it hard to justify the cost. I use it just as here are my endpoints. I want to test. I'm manually testing my endpoints. They have automated testing they have you can set up mock servers like there's so much stuff you can do that i just don't use i haven't spent the time to learn it and the pricing is just insane because i don't use all of that yeah it's they have such i mean it's okay it's not a thousand dollars a month it's seventy dollars a month per user if you get the yearly yeah. package so that's that's basically seven hundred uh, you know about what, what what's that become seven hundred yeah. eight hundred forty dollars yeah eight forty per user and then you have a company that has you know eight nine users yeah you're talking about a thousand dollars a month you know or you know easily it, it gets it gets expensive it gets real we why why was I just looking at that John. Because I, I, I about had a fit when I saw how much we're paying for Postman. <laughs> because you pay, we pay yearly, so the year uh-huh. the year came up, and I was like, slap on the shit. face. And then we, well, I was this the one where we were paying for extra seats that we no longer needed, so I went in and un, like removed the seats. I, I don't so, think I don't know. Maybe maybe I mean like I'm sure we, we we've had a couple we've had a little turnover, so I'm sure we have. We were paying more than we needed to, but right, and God then, damn. but because you pay yearly, we prepaid for the year for eleven people, and we didn't need that many. I contact them like mm. I've I've removed however many people it was. I would like oh, a refund, right. and they said no, it's it's paid for. Next year you'll go down. I'm like, no, you either refund me now or you lose my business f- for the years to come. <laughs> and we'll talk bad about you on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually said that once. 
Did you really? Yeah. What's wrong with you? I said it to AT and T. They were. How did that work out for you? They were jerking me around. Terrified. Oh no! Now that I think about it, I said it twice because I did threaten. I did threaten a class action against my bank. How did we come up in a class action against your bank? How did how did your podcast come up there? I told them that if they if they kept hanging up on me without a solution, that I was just going to make a shitstorm for them, and I had enough people to make an actual shitstorm for them. <laughs> Do you know who I am? Do you know there who I am? People on the internet that listen to me. <laughs> hey, you know how many people don't trust their microwaves out there because of me. <laughs> I know, I know. And I keep mine in my closet now because of you. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, so the I, 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 I want to give credit where credit is due. Jess Archer is who uh, is the Laravel person in Australia who happens to be a huge Vim uh, user as well. Uh, they're the ones that creative engineering course, their little creation from one of the classes that they took is in the promo of actually the actually i think it's the promo of the one i signed up for so it's you see it referenced a lot it's it's kind of cool her her uh, her handle on uh twitter is jess 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 archer codes all one word um you know i met her at laricon funny funny person you know who uh you know who i need to give credit to honey badger no patreons our patrons from patreon we have a new patron, patron, patron person this week. Patreon, then? We have a new Uggo. A new, a new Uggo is on board. New Uggo. New Uggo. <laughs> uh, Do you remember what the new Uggo's name is? I believe the pronunciation is Jaron. 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 That is correct. Yes. Yes. Yes, that's correct you if you don't know for support. sure. I can say whatever I want. I'm on. I'm on a podcast. Yeah. I'm, I'm legally obligated to say whatever I want to say. There, there they are. So yeah, thank you. you can, thank you to all. You can accidentally our say things correct. Supporters. Yeah, it happens time to time. Yeah. All right. I think that's it. I feel like I feel like we've talked enough. So I don't. Vim, I don't think yeah. I shared it with you. I, I don't know if I shared it with you, Tom. Vim and Livewire. Oh my God! I can build. You. We we talked about me building a Livewire. Vim plugin? What? That would be awesome. I, you guys, your heads would melt if I did that. Yes. If I talked about building a LiveWire Vim plugin on this show, I'm pretty sure one of you would die. Wait, no, would we, you would. You'd spin off a podcast called VimWire Ugly. Nope. <laughs> uh, what was that about Vim to say? Wire <laughs> Yeah. Uh, oh, I didn't tell you. So, so you were. Did you listen to last week's show? Did you listen to the audio? No, I podcast? didn't listen to the audio version of the podcast. I should get I'm a on the podcast. Fucking bullets! I should get some sort of award for that. You actually sounded okay. It was, it was actually an okay <laughs> podcast. Now, I sh- I shared it with uh, I shared it with John because it's <laughs> funny because there it's was true. so much. Uh, there was so much of this. Yeah, you, you, you know, revenge is a dirty bitch. <laughs> and, and like, I did not say like that. All, you said something along that lines, but there was so much. You had so, uh, like, your pauses were so long. I was so stressed that I out. Did the, I did the truncate silence, and it, like, wiped out 30 <laughs> minutes of the podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, it no, weird. it was that was a really uh, rough week. 
and uh, came out. We of could it, tell by came out of it hard. By, I'll stop there. Multiple multiple <laughs> hospital visits by the kids. Yeah, how's that going? By the way, any better? Yes, it seems to be going much better. Good. It is. It is good. Working on it. All right. Well, I'm going to wrap this up for episode 239. If you are not a subscriber on YouTube, if you could do that, we would appreciate it. Twitch as well. Twitch is good, but we're kind of more of a YouTube-leaning thing. You know, Twitch is not really a once-a-week podcast sort of platform, but you know, we're there. Uh, subscribe to us on Twitch. Join us in our Discord. I'm telling you, you're, you're missing out on half the fun, 90% of the fun, pretty much all the good stuff of the show is in the uh, in our Discord at discord.phpugly.com. Yes, all the all the That's best stuff be about our show is not in the show. That's it. <laughs> we we literally just beg people to give us ideas to talk about, and then there's this like list of topics now. I'm like, all right, I just got to pull that up every now and then, and, and make sure we touch on a few of them. Uh, all right, that's it. Episode, I think, 239. I've already said that uh, a couple times. Is in the books. I'm Eric. I'm John. I'm Tom. Keep it, Keep ugly. it ugly. One, two, one, two. Uh, coming off the top. Y'all know how we do. Listen, I'm going to drop a freestyle you can cherish. I'm going to send a shout out to the host named Eric. Yo, he's never on some average shit. You know, Eric, he stays loud and passionate. I'm about to break it down for y'all with the clever song. Yo, shout the host name Thomas because he's never wrong. Yo, shout to John. You know that he's smart and quiet. Unlike my freestyles, which cause a riot. I'm about to do it like this because the people love me. Shouts out to P. PHP, the ugly, it's called ugly cause it's not professional, but I'm about to come through and bless it with style, so let's do it when I'm spitting, I perfume the room, yo the segment of the show is called doom and gloom, that came from Thomas, yeah, can nobody go beyond this, I get the mic and then I'm about to keep it like a promise, yeah, and y'all know we fill them up with anguish, we talking about the PHP, the programming language, about to break it down, no exaggeration, what do y'all do for a living web applications, okay, I I can dig it, my words spray tight, uh, they getting together on the Thursday nights, yeah, when it comes to rhyming, you can call me the new dude, I spew true lyrics while y'all broadcast on YouTube, so let's get it, you know my lyrics are major, all up in the comments, they got plenty of haters, but they doing what they doing, keep it ugly, we ending every show with the saying it's lovely, let's go, yeah, come on.